The IDP Pros Podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network are brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $14 million are up for grabs. Get all the details at CircaSports.com. That's C-I-R-C-A Sports.com. The IDP Pro Manager Pod is a proud member of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, home of the hottest, smartest, and fastest-growing sports gambling and fantasy football providers and professional sports entertainment to date. And now, without any further delay, here are your veteran senior IDP pros, Craig and Gary. Slacking, I mean sacking, today's hottest NFL IDP. Damn it, sorry about that. It is the first Friday in July, July 7th, 2023, and you are live with the IDP Pros Managers Podcast. I am Craig Reith, and with me, as always, the man himself, Gary, the IDB tipster. Gary, how was the 4th of July for you? Oh, man, it was it was great. Had a great time with the family over the weekend, but was it even better? On July 3rd, I started opening up those uh, tipster leagues. The uh, one supporting the BC Breast Cancer uh, Awareness League that we do for the IDP pros. SGPN, they donated uh, $25 gift cards for these leagues, you know, for the winners. They're just free leagues to enter. You know, we we try to raise awareness and, and ask people to maybe donate. And we had a lot of donations, man. So you play IDP. If you donate, you donate. You know, we just love it that you're there. And in the end, uh, I'm pretty sure we almost tripled that 100 bucks card you know the hundred dollar value all together for the four leagues man you know so and they all filled within 36 hours were draft so i am stoked rolling into this week yeah those are awesome i got into a couple of those to yes, try my did. luck against some other idp players i haven't played against so it's always fun to draft and i do love best ball leagues and the fact that you don't have to set lineups each week if i could make all my leagues best ball leagues with waivers and trading, because I think that's still fun. And I don't know why best ball leagues have to not have that included, but not having to set lineups every week and just, hey, whoever's got the best players that week wins. I love leagues like that. Well, I got you on the spot because I only really kind of conversed with one other person at the time to come with that uh, roster starting lineup. What do you think of that one QB, one running back, three flex? Seven IDP. I think probably talked about it before. I'm in a league that it's uh, you have to start one quarterback. There's one super flex spot, and then it's nine flex positions for the Holy offense. Holy. And then it's just, I think, 11. It's 11 and 11. I think it's 11 defensive flex. You can start whatever you want for defense. So I love leagues like that. I think it gives you some creativity, and you get to play around with how you draft, especially if you're in a league where they try to even out the scoring across the positions. It's a lot more fun to try to build your team that way. So I like leagues like that. Cool. Yeah, I think it's going to catch on. I wanted everybody to try to be as comfortable as possible with their offense. So then once they get their offense drafted, then, hey, then you got the IDP and then you can split the hairs a little bit. Hope everybody enjoys it. Well, we are on to episode 19 of the IDP Pro Managers Pod, and we're going to be doing the NFC North stock reports. And uh, next week, to give you a sneak preview, it's the AFC South. So we have two more divisions after this one but we're going to be finishing up the north here in the nfc this week but before we get to that we do have a little bit of news 
not a whole lot of IDP news this week. You know, we talked about the suspensions of the guys last week before the holiday, like Isaiah Rogers, and he got cut. A um, couple of signings here. We got Carolina Panthers signing 26-year-old defensive tackle Taylor Stallworth to a one-year deal. It looks to be a depth signing, and really all these guys we're talking about today are depth signings, except perhaps for this next one. Akella Witherspoon, 28-year-old cornerback. He signed a one-year deal with the Los Angeles Rams. Probably a depth signing, but the way that that cornerback group is currently built with the Rams, I feel like it's anybody's game to earn those spots coming out of training camp because it's a whole bunch of late-run draft picks, guys off of free agency. So if you're in a league that you have to play cornerback, that Rams offense is able to put up points, and if teams are going to be throwing on a bunch of what right now appear to sort of be no-name cornerbacks, if he starts, could be worth paying attention to. So pay attention to those in camp to see how it pans out. And then the Cleveland Browns signed 25-year-old cornerback Vicarious Keys to a one-year contract. So that's what we got for this week. Anything in there of any interest to you at all, Gary? Nope. Not whatsoever. <laughs> right, right. It's that time of year, but, yep. you know. It's, it's, it's pretty are... quiet. The camps are going to be starting up here soon, and that's when we're going to start to get the real news that may end up mattering for our leagues. What's even wilder, though, is somewhere out there, somebody's going to hear that. And some deep, dark D-Gen IDP fan is going to be like, cool, where's Key at? Yeah. <laughs> you'd, you'd have to be starting four cornerbacks or something like that and have, you know, <laughs> 50 bench spots on your team. But, hey, those leagues Man, I've, exist out there. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen, like, 63-man rosters and shit, you know, combined blended. But still... The IDP Pros Podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network are brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is the sponsor of Circa Millions and Circa Survivor, which are both back. Over $14 million in guaranteed prizes are up for grabs. With the Circa Millions, you have five NFL picks against the spread every week. And with the Circa Survivor, you just pick a different money line winner each week of the season. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. The Sports Gambling Podcast will be out there in the last weekend of August. Come join us. Get all the details at circasports.com. That's C-I-R-C-A sports.com. What would you do with that money if you won? I, for one, would retire. And my survivor pick to start the season is going to have to be the Kansas City Chiefs, defending Super Bowl champions, taking care of business against the Detroit Lions to start the season Thursday night in week one. Well, we are going to jump right into the Bears here in your standard sort of leagues. Trending upwards here, Gary, first thing you got down is Bears, the cornerback position, sort of unclear which one you're talking about. Generally speaking, it looks like we got Kyler Gordon, we got Jalen Johnson, and then second-round pick Tyreek Stevenson. It's sort of the projected guys right now based off of whatever people feel like at this point in the year, really. But who are you liking sort of out of that group that you think could show up for people? And you are muted. Probably should have just left me on mute because I don't really have a dart throw. Is there anyone back there that you specifically don't like? I mean, you know, a lot of these depth guys probably aren't going to be worth paying a whole lot of attention to it. Kindle Vildor. Last year had a couple games where he had some viability, but it looks like, you know, he's going to be battling that rookie Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami, second-round pick, uh, this past mm -hmm. year for a spot. Technically, I, I suppose the rookie, if he's projected to be the starter, yeah, you know, he has to be your main target because quarterbacks and 
offensive coordinators are going to test him his first year. The, you know, so if the guy's going to be on the field, I expect Eddie Jackson. I wanted to ask you about where what are you doing with Eddie Jackson? Last year he kind of came out. He actually broke out for a guy that's been a mediocre player for IDP. He's been kind of a skid market. I think our buddy Johnny the Greek likes to to mention him as. And he had a stretch last year that he actually was pretty viable. Of course, then he got hurt. Coming into the season, at least in the ADP that I've seen in the best ball, all IDP best balls that I've seen. I mean, Eddie Jackson is an afterthought (laughs) almost, but I I have to beg to differ. I know that they have a better inside linebacker crew in front of them, but at the same time, that edge rushing crew is, well, very well unproven. You got to get to the quarterback. You got to make the contact. Got to put the pressure on quick. And they haven't really been able to do that yet for a couple of seasons at least. But with this young secondary, I think Eddie Jackson could actually, well, the shape of this uh, secondary, Eddie Jackson could come in and he could actually see some of those numbers that he had last year. You think? I think he could. There's a couple of factors. One, I do think part of it probably played into the fact that once Roquan left, there was just sort of that void. You know, they did have Sanborn, but that was really it for linebacker production, similar to what we saw happen with the safeties. It was Owens and then Petrie and Houston were just not great linebackers in front of them, not getting a ton of pressure. Guys get back to the secondary more often. But then also, how efficient is this offense going to be? Are they going to be able to sustain drives this year, put up points on the board so people are throwing on them more? A couple of things to look for there. But he was on pace for he being Eddie Jackson for his career season. You know, he only played 12 games and he was two combined tackles short of his career high. So I have a hard time seeing the new linebackers coming in there, making that situation better. And then him and Brisker both having you know, DB2 potential years, I think he probably falls a little bit lower than that. But if that offense takes a step forward, like people are hoping with the additions that they made there and Justin Fields continues to improve as a passer, you could see something not at the same level, I don't think, but similar to what the Lions did. We're taking that step forward, which just makes their defensive players more valuable too because at least as the defensive secondary, there's people passing more, and that's where he's going to be making more of his plays. Nice. Yep. Yep. So are you interested in him in any format, you know, deeper leagues? Are you willing to throw a dart that way considering? Yeah. I mean, in redraft leagues and best ball leagues, you know, you're saying he's going really late in best ball. He should certainly be going higher than he probably is. If he's going, you're saying late and same thing in redraft leagues. You know, if you're drafting him as your DB four or DB three, I think you should be fine considering everything. Nice. Standard leagues trending down, you have TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. And I'm guessing that's just due to the fact of the two of them playing next to each other now on the same defense. They're sort of capping each other's ceiling. Yeah, that's all I got. I mean, realistically, you can't make them up, you know, because both of them were already up coming out last year. You know, yeah. Neither one of these guys are going to, unless one's injured or, you know, something really outlier situation happens. Uh, I, I got to say, at the moment, they should be a little bit down in standard leagues. Where they're going. Right. I think we've caught this before. I think we both prefer TJ Edwards in this, the shot at him at his ADP, but I think it's yeah. uh, actually starting to move up. So it actually might have caught up enough by now that it might be above Tremaine Edmonds. 
but basically, I kind of put both these guys on that same level field. Um, and of course, a reminder, Jack Sanborn, the guy that we really loved last year, he's even down in deep leagues, unless you're just like handcuffing Ed, Edwards and Edmonds. And we do not suggest you going and handcuffing linebackers unless it's like desperate. And who do you got for a, a deep league play? Well, I wanted to ask you your opinion about Dominic Robinson. It was like a couple of years ago, this dude showed up. I can't remember. I don't think he was like a high draft pick or anything. He may have been third round, but he actually got some playing time a couple of year, years ago when the Bears actually didn't look as bad as what they did last year, uh, in my opinion, in pass rush situation. But uh, he, anyhow, he just never, you know, got to really completely get the chance to develop that year. He came in last year. He he didn't even get really any playing time. I guess as a deep D-Gen type down, TSPN has Travis Gibson and Marcus Walker marked down as their edge rushers with Rashawn Green and Dominic Rock Robinson listed within the top four. And looking at the rest of the roster, I mean, that, that's got to be probably it, it if, if it's close. I mean, are we going to see Rasheem Green over there uh, across from Walker? Or what's your opinion? We are Dominic Robinson, anything in deep? I think he's going to be part of a rotation to start out while they're really sorting out the defensive front. As a rookie last year, you know, he was a fifth-round pick. There wasn't a whole lot expected out of him. But he's a guy that really intrigued me that you could get off of waivers for free last year. I mean, a lot of leagues you probably still can except for those deepest of leagues. But he's got great size. He didn't switch to uh, defensive end until like his third year in college or something like that. He was a wide receiver and a tight end to start. So he's still learning the position really at this point. Damn. But he's super athletic. And he had like seven tackles and a sack and a half, you know, his first game, you know, against the 49ers last year for the Bears. You know, he flashed, which everyone got excited about. But he has that sort of talent. You know, he's just a guy that isn't going to be a full-time player right now. He's still learning, but if he can get him out there, he gives them an athleticism and a size that a lot of these other defensive ends don't, that combination. So he's definitely a stash for me in deep leagues, and all my leagues that are that deep, that are dynasty, I have them already. Beautiful. All right. Well, that does it for the Bears. Next up here is going to be the Detroit Lions, and we are going to get – do that right after this. The IDP Pros Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite Major League Baseball and College Baseball player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog and active in so many states. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Possibly Gary's favorite team out of this group here in the NFC North, the Detroit Lions. He's talked about all sorts of players on this team over the past few years. And one of them you've heard us talk a bit about, he was a rookie last year. Kirby Joseph, sort of a crowded safety group there, potentially. We'll see what they do with 
uh, CJ Johnson, CJ Gardner Johnson, CJ Gardner Gardner mm-hmm. Johnson. Sorry, um, the guy they signed for one year deal from the Philadelphia Eagles because they still got Tracy Walker. Kirby Joseph showed up really well for him last year. How do you see this shaking out, and who are you liking out of it? Well, I, I got Kirby Joseph just stock up as I think his potential as a top DB one is actually real. I, I, I love this kid. The kid came in last year, performed well for him. He's a playmaker when he when he's on the field. And basically, when we look at the depth chart or even beyond that depth chart, how many defensive backs that they like to use on most of their packages, um, I think there's plenty to go around for Gardner, uh, Tracy Walker coming back. From what I understand, I mean, they're looking at Gardner more of playing the Will Hill role that he played last year where he's kind of a safety slash cornerback in the slot and such. I I don't see Kirby Joseph not getting his 100% snap counts, 90% snap counts. I believe he is going to enter the year as a starting free safety, and I think he's going to just eat it. And if he isn't, then he's going to be playing that slot role the Will Hill role, and the guy's a playmaker anyways. Am I suggesting that you go out and grab this guy as Derwin James, the next Derwin James? No, I'm not. <laughs> he's a defensive back. So if you can grab him later on when you're in these drafts, these redrafts, or a great dynasty guy, I love him in dynasty. You know, that I'll start really looking at age and moving him up the board. You know, tr- uh, Tracy Walker has a hard time staying healthy. If nothing else, it's a nice mm-hmm. third safety to have there. But I think they are because a lot of teams are just moving to having three safeties on the field or three people that can play to, you know, use them interchangeably or, like you mentioned, use that one guy as a slot cornerback. And we've seen um, Gardner Johnson do that before. He switched between mm-hmm. positions a lot when he was with New Orleans to start. So having that flexibility is nice. And I think Kirby earned his way onto the field, like you mentioned. You talk about a guy, he's a rookie. He had four interceptions, which led the team last year. And even more impressive to me, you could say it's fluky. He had three of those off of Aaron Rodgers, who just notoriously does not (laughs) throw interceptions. But it shows that, you know, he's a smart player and he knows how to position himself and be out there as a rookie. And I think he was like a fourth-round pick. They got some capital invested in him. He's on a young defense that's growing. He's going to be able to be there to be a part of it. This regime is the one that drafted him. Out of the three, I really like him. He might not be the most productive at the end of the year, uh, but long-term, I certainly think he will because, like I said, Tracy Walker has a hard time staying healthy, which is how physical he is on the field. And lesser degree of similar to what we're seeing with Jamal Adams, just big guys that throw themselves around. It's hard to trust him out there consistently. Which is going to leave everybody wondering, what about Brian Branch? What's happening there? Are you saying that this guy, yeah, what I'm saying is he's probably Tracy Walker's backup or replacement. He can play all over too. I mean, he did that Mm -hmm. for the Alabama Mm -hmm. Crimson Tide. You know, he played cornerback. He played both safety positions. He's a super smart, long-term, really valuable guy. If you're looking at it long-term, it's probably Branch and Kirby Joseph right now for their two safeties right. and you know, they're both able to sort of play interchangeably back there. So I think the future is bright for the Lions' safety position. Well, you're trying to claim the Lions are my new team. I haven't claimed anything, but I, this is what they are. I love some of this IDP coming out of here over the recent years after going through the bill Belichick clone. What was that 
creep's name uh, when a bear didn't Dan do shit Patricia, Matt yeah, Patricia. Yeah, Matt yeah, yeah, Matt, Patricia, Matt or something. Yeah, whatever his name was, I don't give a shit. But either way, I was just disappointed because the Lions haven't had a good run of coaches or anybody come in until, what, Dane Campbell, and he's just built this nice – when you it's it's pleasant to read that you don't you know to hear that somebody's came in after tracking the lions just for idp purposes and it being such crap that in confusion most of the time on a lot of situ a lot of things and, and dan campbell has changed the atmosphere and the culture in that city and and team and i think it's just great as Detroit doesn't have a lot to celebrate all the time, right? So, I mean, if it's lines, I think they're on the way, man. I, I like them. And I like this secondary IDP group. I think this play, everybody's going to get a lot of play. I think I, I really do. Except for Anzalone, I'm, I'm still liking him for redraft. But, of course, in standard leagues, he's kind of sliding down for me. Yeah, that's inevitable when you're looking at uh, what? Uh, Malcolm Rodriguez and Jack Campbell. He's definitely his, probably his direct replacement. So it's just a matter this year or next year. So in standard leagues, he's got to be down. That's, that's probably an obvious one, but I had to say it. Uh, I was wanting to get your thoughts on Houston and Pascal. Both of them are, if I remember right, like first, second round guys, they got a lot of, uh, uh, Pascal was uh, like a second rounder, I'm pretty sure, but Houston, I think, was closer to a fifth round. Ah, okay. Uh, well, that that's interesting. ESPN has James Houston. Yeah, he's a he six was a round six pick. Round. That'll throw up a red flag, won't it? Um, six round pick. It would, except for the good. fact that you know part of the reason he went farther, he was you know from Jackson State, which is just isn't a college that people pay attention to as much, unfortunately, for fantasy. But he was really productive in his limited playing time, which gives me hope for him. I mean, he had eight sacks last year, I think, and a little mm, bit yeah. that he got. They got Josh Pascal as the fourth guy. I think we got Romeo Okaruku, Okawara. Brothers still Aquara, there. yeah. So I mean, when when you're looking at this depth chart, man, they they love their defensive linemen in Detroit. Of course, Alden Hutchinson is the only dude. I'm going to assume with what Houston came in with last year versus Pascal's draft stock and his little bit of performance. Is there either one of them or both of these guys worth a deep gen up? I mean, I, I would, if I'm taking a flyer on either one of them, I'm taking Houston because, you know, they both had chances last year, and he's the guy that produced out of it. And being across from Hutchinson is going to be a great position to be in, along with the fact that they keep those defensive tackles healthy by using a rotation there. They clearly do with their edge rushers too. But if you know that everyone's in one of those rotations, I'm going to bank on the guy that's proven it. And you would suspect, even if he never ends up being amazing overall, they're both going to improve. One's just improving from what seems to be a better spot right now. Yep. And in long term, the Aquara brothers, both Julian and Romeo, are free agents after this year. So could they return? You know, certainly they could take a cheap deal and return because, like I said, they like their depth guys there. But that could potentially, if they really like one of these guys, have the other one be the third pass rusher. They won't. They don't need to go out and either invest in it in the draft or in a free agency position so 
Yeah. The one better brother actually like four years ago or three years ago or something, maybe got paid big by the lions. Romeo I think did, yeah. And I don't know if he's took a pay cut yet, but he definitely took a play cut. <laughs> no, I think he, uh, it was three years, 37 million. And I think that's just the contract that he's playing. All right. I don't know that he, I'm not seeing that he did to do. That's good money for a death player. Right? Uh, it says 2023 salary was reduced. I don't know when uh, that happened. Right. It's uh, okay. two million yeah. this year, but either way, uh, they're both still out there. Mm-hmm. So could be a pain this year, but long term, give me the guy that's proven it so far, and the guy that's probably free agents sitting out in your leagues compared to the other guy. So we have to assume Derek Barnes has lost all momentum and very deep gen he's he's probably off with campbell addition and rodriguez is if he gets healthy can stay healthy which leads me into where and what are we doing with malcolm rodriguez or we can't treat him with the momentum they had he had coming out of last year after drafting campbell and angelone still sitting there and they just i think gave him an extension I mean, assumingly this year with Rodriguez coming off his injury, you know, we're going to have Anzalone and Campbell probably starting the year in some form. Um, Malcolm Rodriguez still has a lot of dynasty potential. Dynasty leagues definitely, you know, don't don't dismiss them. Just you just don't plan on anything this year, I guess. Yeah, he's probably the third linebacker right now when you look out of the group between Anzalone and then Campbell. Injuries happen all the time, and he's a fine guy. If you already have him, I'm not just dumping him into free agency unless you, no. know, you have to have that roster spot somewhere else. But he's proven he can be productive out there. He's, you know, a thick guy. He's tr- super strong if you watch that sort of stuff for him, but he knows where to be in position. He's a solid tackler. He's sort of what you like for a team. You know, he's a guy that has potential, that's smart, that knows how to play, but he's building himself up into the NFL. And even if he just ends up being a depth guy for a long time, we've seen guys like Nick Kwiatkowski that never really did great as a full-time starter mm-hmm. somewhere. But when he was called upon for the Bears for a number of years at the sub in there for IDP leagues, he was great because he would eat up tackles. Mm-hmm. And I could see Rodriguez being something like that. Hey, all you crazy IDP fans. We are hosting the IDP Pros Breast Cancer Awareness Giveaway where you can win a Roquan Smith Baltimore Ravens jersey. All you have to do to enter is donate $3 or more to any nationally recognized cancer organization and post a pic of your donation with the hashtag IDPROS. That's hashtag IDPPROS. The drawing will be held on August 24th. Find more information on this podcast Twitter page or on any of your favorite IDP Pros accounts. Enter today and help us bring cancer to its knees. Hey, I want to throw out a shout out to JJ. He's been doing a lot of these breast cancer ads, uh, uh, voiceovers, reading script, everything, man. Thank you, JJ. Great dude. Y'all go find him at JJ Winner. But winner is spelled with an E, right? J-J-W-E-N-N-E-R on Twitter. Yep. Boom. Green Bay Packers. I live in Wisconsin. I don't live in Green Bay, so they're not my hometown. But home state anyway. And no, for mm-hmm. those of you paying attention, I am not a Packers fan. But I do hear a lot about them. So we're going to be digging into them next year. And Gary, 
Kind of seems obvious, but a guy that had a good statistical season as a rookie last year was a first-round pick by them. Got Quay Walker as your standard league arrow going up guy. Right. And now that we've seen a complete full season, I think we, especially in dynasty leagues, this guy should be a pretty high priority target if you're thinking long-term. I think he'll, you know, I know Campbell is still there, and I believe he's probably signed through next year too. I think it's Uh, two years left on his deal. Considering when you look at the overall secondary, (laughs) uh, which is a little bit lackluster right now and the performance that Quay Walker put on at the same time that Campbell was healthy last year, I think we're looking at definitely at a stock up guy that we can depend on. And as in redrafts, I don't know, low LB1 numbers will probably be pretty frequent this year. I think he's stock up too. I have him in a couple dynasty <sighs> leagues. My problem with him is just the fact that Campbell's still there, and I don't think he's going mm-hmm. anywhere. Now they did show willingness to play two linebackers more. They said that you know while after they drafted um, Quay Walker that they're switching to that model, and they actually stuck to it, which is great to see for fantasy players. It's just going to matter how much those two are both out there together at the same time because who's better each week is probably going to vary. But Campbell's not going anywhere. You know he's. 15 million dead cap this year, 11 million dead cap after 2020 or before 2024. So 2025, they have an out with 7 million and 2026, it's 4 million. So he's probably got two more years there, Campbell, that is, unless they decide to ship him out or, you know, do something else because they're in theory doing at least somewhat of a small rebuild. There's a lot of talk up here of them moving on some from some of these bigger contract guys like David Bakhtiari, their left tackle, they're even talking about, you know, moving on from that money. So they have more cap freedom because they're still settled by a lot of that Aaron Rodgers money. And they're going to have to figure out after next year, mm-hmm. what to do with Jordan love. So it's a lot of offensive talk. I know, but I think mm-hmm. they don't have oh, a ton right. of moves they can make with their salary cap situation. So I don't know, unless there's a trade, which we can't predict, of course, that Campbell's going anywhere. So I like right. Quay Walker long-term. It's just, this next year or two fortunately to me it doesn't feel like it probably has a chance to be as high as we'd hope yeah well good news for both linebackers i mean well preston smith he's not much of an edge rusher but he's their he's their main guy and what i mean by his nfl role he's great he's good for you know he's he's an excellent player don't take that wrong idp wise he's not really on our radar so that's going to lead us into Rashad Gary here in a moment. But when I look at the state of any of them that's old, Kenny Clark's got to be standard down. Preston Brown or Preston Smith in deep leagues has got to be down. And and Campbell is starting to go down a little bit. But I wanted to mention Jonathan Owens and Rudy Ford, uh, Savage. Any guy that's in the secondary that's probably <clears throat> not Alexander, Maybe Douglas. I think there's going to be more Quay Walker and Campbell combinations. I think we're going to see an increase. I think they're going to lean on what Walker can do as a coverage guy, sideline to sideline type of dude. And I, I, if they're expecting Jonathan Owens that barely just had his job last year and was basically productive by default, he actually is not a good player. There was a reason. Or he might have stuck around in Houston who gave him a shot to begin with and was their camp darling and 
one of our IDP uh, defensive back breakouts last year. Rudy Ford got a little bit of play last year, but after Owens, you know, Rudy Ford's got to be down in in, in uh, deep formats. These are both deep formats, and I'm telling you, I don't think either one of these guys within the safety group or anybody currently here is going to produce shit. We don't have a huge record of that happening in the last few years anyways, especially with Savage. So uh, you might also not get happy about anything that's going on in the secondary. But what are your opinions about Alexander and I guess Douglas starting at corner? I like both of them. Uh, I like Douglas a lot more at cost. He's a guy that I think is really underrated. He's a guy that had to work his way up through everything, you know, and just fight to get a job and then keep a job in the NFL. He was on a, some teams and then practice squads for quite a while and bounced around. And then he just found home off of waivers and the Packers had to throw him into a position on the field during a game. And he just mm-hmm. clung on to and kept it. And he's still really undervalued fantasy wise. So I like him the most out of the two cornerbacks. You know, if you're talking about these safeties, if you asked me last year or two years ago, I probably wouldn't have said this, but Darnell Savage, I have more hope for than I had. He had been playing really poorly last year, and he ended up getting benched in November after they played Tennessee. And he was uh, sent down to be the sixth defensive back as a part of their dime package um, when they were in Philadelphia. And he ended up playing a career low number of snaps for the Packers last year. But he fought through that adversity, and, you know, there were a lot of trade rumors mentioned for him, things like that. Uh, he figured out that he needed whatever switch flipped in his brain, and his play improved a lot over at the very end of the season. He's a former first-round pick of him. He's a guy that they invested in would like to see more consistent, and he started to do that at the end of the year. Jonathan Owens has that same sort of problem where, I mean, I don't even know if he was drafted. If he was, he was like a sixth or seventh-round pick. Just got his first chance to start last year in Houston. He missed a lot of tackles, too. So that's a problem there. And then Rudy Ford, he's done fine for them, but he's not like a a big-name top playmaker either. So it's like I'm going to go with the draft capital, the guy that's been with the team and that I saw a lot of hope for at the end of last year. If you're talking at draft value-wise, Savage is probably still going ahead of Owens. Maybe take a shot, take a shot at Owens if he does get that second spot. But I, who are the starters there? I think it's really a toss up out of those three, and we're gonna have to wait to see. But I would be surprised if Savage wasn't one of them. Nice. So looking here at Rashawn Gary news, trying to get some updates. I guess the only thing he's really doing is just putting the NFL notice he's coming back. <laughs> get any arguments? He's going to be a hard guy. I mean, he was late in the year when he got hurt. I think it was in like November, December, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a big injury to come back from. And I know guys are back on the field a lot sooner, but being on the field and playing isn't the same thing as producing for fantasy. So I think they're going to play cautious with him. Um, Kingsley and Igbari showed well last year when they had to play him. They just drafted Lucas Van Ness. So, you know, they're investing in this position. Gary's kind of like one of those guys for me where you saw people maybe a couple rounds later than they had been, but still drafting Chase Young really high last year and then him just sitting out because he isn't healthy and eventually redraft leagues. He's going to get dropped and pay attention to when they're talking about him coming back or if he is out right away playing 
and then not producing, someone's going to drop them. Most redraft leagues, you're going to be able to get them off of waivers once he starts getting actually healthy. If you're in a dynasty league, you're holding on to him. He was doing fantastic. You know, he had that slow ascent and then that breakout and was doing really well for the Packers. I don't see that this injury is going to stop him long term. So he's definitely a hold for me or even a buy if someone's concerned about it and looking to get rid of him at a potential discount. What good is fantasy football content if it doesn't cover both sides of the ball? The SGPN IDP pros have you covered on defense, but we have more to offer than just IDP. Check out the 3D Dynasty podcast with Dave and Brad. That's right, the dude, the dork, and the dynasty. And follow that up with Heroes and Villains, featuring Justin Bruni and Andrew Robb. All of the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcasts pride themselves on their actionable content. They bring the research and analysis you need to win your leagues. So help support SGPN and download the SGPN app and catch all of our premium fantasy football content. Minnesota Vikings. A couple guys who got listed here as far as standard league, their position looking like it's improved here a bit. Gary, you got Jordan Hicks and Brian Asamoa. Asamoa was a rookie last year. Hicks is in, I believe, his second year with the team after being cut previously in Arizona. How are you liking these guys? Well, I got them both stock up and standard for – I guess Jordan Hicks shouldn't really be there because he was a stud last year. I mean, we kind of predicted that going in. I believe we talked about him on the players' pod going into last year. So I, I guess realistically I, I have him on here because I think it's a, uh, with Kendrick's gone. I know everybody thinks they're going to be leaning a lot more on Asimo, which they are, but I don't think it's going to be to lead the defense on the team. I think it's going to be Hicks. And I, I, so I think Hicks is still going to be relevant, very relevant there uh, as a linebacker one option. As a MOA, I mean, he's only he's got to be mentioned as standard stock up because he's now probably got LB1 written all over him. We just don't know at what point. We don't know how soon. I mean, it should be this year, yes. But, I mean, we've seen people come in before, get full-time snaps, and it doesn't quite work out. So let's see what the chemistry is before we go slapping any huge – redraft value on a guy but I, I of course i love him in dynasty they both definitely can have value i you know at cost i'd probably take jordan hicks because he's going later mm-hmm. that defensive line has gone through a complete revamp you know edge rushers next to him marcus davenport's there we'll see how much he can even stay healthy daniel hunter's looking for a new contract we said a couple episodes ago he's criminally underpaid at like five million this year for what he does for them and he might be on a new team so this whole defense is going through a readjustment and a big change. So that's something to consider when we're talking about a lot of these guys and who's going to end up panning out. Leading me to my standard stock down has to just be Harrison Smith based on the idea of his age. Uh, Not talking about a redraft. He should be fine this year. And just really thinking about dynasty, I think. Um, Yeah, he's 34, which is old for the NFL. I mean, right. Which leads us into the deeper... Deep, deep guys that I wanted to bring up because we had Lewis Sin, which I believe he was a second rounder last year. And then they had the last pick of the first round. They traded back up into the first round to get him at the end of it in 2022. And Ben, yep. 
not to play him and basically bench him early on. Of that, the he got hurt four sec. Oh man, look at you! You're his attorney and shit, ain't you? No, he like broke his leg or something. It was a really nasty thing in like a kick return into preseason, I think, or something. Maybe the first. Oh game. shit, was but, it? Yeah, he never even got a shot to do anything last year. Huh. I didn't realize it was that. I did see, though, that he has definitely got everybody's opinion in Minnesota seems to be that he's got the upswing over Canna Bynum, which is a guy that I actually like that they had gotten in the previous year, or I believe as a cornerback out of California or such. You know, he was subpar. Basically, he was a starter all last year. He won the job or inherited the job, whichever you want to look at it. But he was subpar, and it was and it was probably even worse when it came to IDP. But between the two, uh, I do believe that they definitely are going. To, we have our two, one of the two main free safety starters in the depth chart with Harrison Smith getting a little longer in the tooth, considering their situation. I'm kind of surprised because Joss Metellus performed pretty well when he got his shot last year and the year before. So it's kind of a clustered situation to begin with. But I think that when when you really boil it down to it, I'm probably going to throw that dart at Sin considering uh, not based off of – I didn't realize his injury was that – or he had that injury – but based off more of the reports that I'm seeing and there being some upside, we just seen uh, what Xavier Woods a couple of seasons ago really produce for them at the free safety position. Um, they have Davenport sitting there as a replacement for Jadarius Smith across from Daniel Hunter, which is still very formidable. It still should be a defensive line one, by the way. But I, I, I like to get your opinion. Who, who are you throwing the dart at? I mean, we, we're going to take Smith. I see him sliding down the board in redrafts this year. It's kind of astounding. I still would have kept him up there, considering that the, he does have a second-year linebacker up there playing with him. You don't think they're not going to have Harrison Smith up there helping this guy? I think that's going to happen. But with the other two, Sin and Bynum, or is there any other secondary guys that you're going to be throwing a dart at in these deeper best balls? Dynasty, I'm certainly interested in Lewis scene, if we're talking about a deep, like best ball draft throw, probably towards, if not the last round that Josh Metellus that you mentioned, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's a fourth year safety from Michigan. He earned a role as the captain on the team late in the year when another one of them got hurt. Smart player that produced back there when called upon. It wouldn't surprise me if he got a shot just, We'll see how training camp plays out, but Scene was behind a couple of these guys as a rookie often is last year. And then uh, just so I'm being corrected, what I'm saying, it was, a, I think, a left leg compound break um, for Lewis Scene, and it was in week four on a special teams play. So four weeks in anyway, he Which hasn't I- been starting. He only played, you know, like a handful of snaps, if that, on defense last year. Again, not the end of the world for a first-round pick last year, and he's basically – a you know, his first full season this year, hopefully. But if I'm taking a dart throw on one that's shown a little bit more that isn't going drafted, mm-hmm. it would be Metellus. Now <clears throat> that you have your attorney cap on, I'm um, ready to ask you about Davenport, man. Are we going to see him playing a stand-up outside linebacker? I think that's the position. Yeah. that'll. Yeah. He'll be playing out 
Yeah, he'll be standing up and rushing. What are our chances a guy that was kind of a bust for New Orleans? Well, can't say kind of because they spent all that draft capital to move up to draft him that year. No! What are we going to do with him in uh, Minnesota? Should we have any interest in him? Later in drafts, then he's probably going to go. You know, his best season statistical-wise was 2021. He played 11 games. He started nine, which isn't great. But he had a career-high 39 combined tackles, career-high nine tackles for a loss, career-high nine sacks. He's in a good position in the fact that right now he's across from Daniil Hunter. But he was in a good position in New Orleans being across from Cameron Jordan, who's just you know another great defensive end in the league. So I don't know that that's a, a big net difference. I do want to mention real quick, you're talking about him down in New Orleans and, and playing across from Cameron Jordan. Hey, you go back and look at his snaps, but look at the tape. When Davenport was actually healthy and when he had his good season, they played him mainly on the weak side. They would move Cameron Jordan over a lot to the strong side. So they were giving him all kinds of opportunity to really shine, but he's still busted. So yeah, just wanted to bring it up. And we're looking at that heading into Minnesota. Uh, it, it's really questionable. I'm going to put you on the hot seat. So we're going to compare this kind of depth with the kind of depth we was just talking about with the safeties. So we're talking that last pick in the best ball. Are you taking sin at the defensive back? If you've already got your defensive backs covered for some reason, are you taking sin or are you taking uh, uh Davenport as a defensive line dart throw? I'm taking Davenport. Assuming he's healthy, it's going to be him and Hunter. In theory, it's a great situation there. The safety group is more crowded. There's more question marks, and we just haven't seen it, no pun intended, from yeah. Lewis seen on the field. So out of the two, give me Davenport. I got to agree with you, and as we wrap this up, as much as I hate to agree with you, I'll just say I'm doing it on positional value. If I've got my defensive backs covered, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and throw it at the defensive line or slash linebacker, hopefully, if it's be um, what in uh, shit sleeper. sleeper. Yeah. Yes. No. Man, it's been a good one. I, I this one was kind of interesting. I enjoyed this division a little bit because there's a little bit of uh, changes on each team. Wonder. We got Toronto Dave stopping by. Thanks for stopping by and listening to our IDP takes here, Dave. But yeah, um, anyone watching, listening for that matter, whether it's on your favorite podcatcher or on YouTube, if you're watching us on Facebook, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you get notifications turned on. Get subscribed to SGPN so you have all that great fantasy football and betting content coming to you right away when we or the other great shows on this network go live. We'll be back next week, the 14th, and it'll be... Uh, AFC South stock report. So again, veterans there. We're not taking any breaks in between the sets of divisions. We're going to finish these out and then see what's next. But any parting words of wisdom, Gary? See you guys next week on the manager's pod. And can't wait to record the player's pod tonight. We got a special guest. So make sure you catch these pods coming out this weekend. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. Have a great weekend. Be safe, everybody, and we will see you here next week.